Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man, play a song for me. I'm not sleepy, and there is no place I'm going to. That's right, folks. Today on the Kudzu Radio Hour, we're going to talk about Dylan. Yes, Bob Dylan. Bobby Zimmerman himself. This is the Kudzu Radio Hour number number 131. This podcast was recorded on Saturday, December 5th, 2020. I always feel like I'm introducing a television show. Next up on 2020, you remember that one? Uh, Yeah, well, you'll never forget this 2020, that's for sure. I know I won't. So today, myself, Pat, Jim, and Billy are going to talk about our favorite Bob Dylan songs. What an enormous catalog to choose from. And yet again, yet again, an assignment that was quite difficult to narrow down to five songs. What? That's almost impossible. But, you know, we do this. We do these kind of things because we like to, you know, jump the shark every now and then. You know, you just got to. You just got to. The Kudzu Radio Hour podcast. That's right, folks. Coming at you live and in Technicolor. That's right. Only if you've got the uh, the right equipment on your computer screen can you see it in Technicolor. Because, actually, since it's audio, if you're seeing it in Technicolor, uh, light another one. That's all I got to say. If you're seeing it in Technicolor, Put that one down and light another one. And then it'll get even more colorful, I promise. Kudzu Radio Hour is brought to you by the fine folks at... Springer Mountain. Boy, that was a lame chicken impression. That was more like a lame rooster or a lame duck. Brought to you by Springer Mountain Farms. Fresh chicken. Responsibly raised on family farms with no antibiotics, no hormones, no steroids, no animal byproducts. Never, never, never. Get more information or order your chicken online and have it delivered to your door. That's right, folks. The chicken will be sent to your door in a cooler. And it is good. Boy, check it out. SpringerMountain.com. SpringerMTN.com. Or find Springer Mountain Chicken in your local uh, grocery store, market, or whatever you want to call it. Places where you buy food. I go in there and I get a bag of the frozen, skinless, boneless chicken breasts. Frozen. And, uh, you know, just whip one out at a time and, uh, you know, grill it. On my Quasinart, since uh, it's a little too cold to be grilling outside right now. Although they are really good grilled on an outdoor grill in the spring and summer, you know, so do that too. Uh, they've got all sorts of great chicken uh, from Springer Mountain Farms. And it's all better for you because it's raised, what? What did I say? On family farms. So you don't have that corporate crap (laughs) 
Yeah, uh, you know, if you don't believe me, talk to Willie Nelson and John Mellencamp. They'll tell you. They do the farm aid, and they'll tell you how important family farms are. Not just for veggies, but for protein, meat as well. And therefore, that's why Springer Mountain Farms uses these responsibly raised chickens. SpringerMountain.com. Now, if that, if, 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 if you don't like it, if you get Springer Mountain chicken and you don't like it, there's just something wrong with you. I, I don't mean any harm. You know, why not get you some grilling sauce and slap that on that puppy? Try that too. There's so many ways to cook Springer Mountain chicken. Oh, my goodness. Uh, check out my Kudzu magazine, kudzumag.com. We've got recipes in there, and several times we have put recipes that you can make using this chicken. The Kudzu Radio Hour is also brought to you by a, a group of recording boys, a youthful band that um, they, they really made a big name for themselves uh, all the way from uh, California. A, can you believe it? All the way from California and all around the country and all around the world. They are known as the Box Masters. And it's not because they work in a cardboard factory, okay? The Box Masters are a smoking hot band. They got a very 60s British invasion kind of a thing going with a little bit of hillbilly back there in the background. You can't, you can't take the hillbilly out of Billy. Uh or Bud, as we call him. The new album is called Light Rays, and it's been getting rave reviews all around the world. Light Rays has just got great songs on there, like Satellite Guy, Breathe Easy, the title track, Light Rays, the song Learn to Be. Oh, my gosh. In my opinion, it's the best album that the Boxmasters have done yet, and they have done some great ones over the past 10 years. The album uh, is available on CD and vinyl and downloads now, 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 now. Also, mark your calendar for the summer of 21. Next summer, folks. The summer tour had to be postponed due to COVID, which, you know, all the bands, all of us musicians and all the great bands, too. Uh, you know, I didn't lock myself in with the great bands, but all of the... Uh, musicians and all suffered like everybody else and there were no gigs during the summer so i think we're going to make up for it next year the box masters are certainly going to they're going to do a united states tour and also europe get your european box on how about that ah now european box now that's a that's an image that paints an image read all about the new album the tour and much more Order the albums, order the uh, the swag. They've got all sorts of swag on their website. T-shirts and uh, koozies and shot glasses and ashtrays and all the things that you really need. You know, you need a shot glass and an ashtray because that's, you know, let's face it, that's essential stuff for living. Um, theboxmasters.com 
theboxmasters.com. Also follow them on social media, Facebook and Instagram. The program is also brought to you by our friends Roger and Linda Earl and the band Fog Hat. Slow ride. Take it easy. I'm a fool for the city. Oh, don't you love Fog Hat? Well, if you love Fog Hat like I do, you're going to love Fog Hat Wine. Fog Hat Cellars is a company that's been going out for many years. I think about 10. I'm not sure, but I think about 10 years. And uh, Roger and Linda Earl uh, and company put out some incredible wine. Very good. Very tasty. Uh, I really am a sucker for the Pinot. I love the Pinot. And I also love the Chardonnay. The Chardonnay is nice. Very, very nice. Like Roger says, you just uh, open up the... uh, Pinot or whatever, and just open it up and let it breathe a little bit before you drink it. Don't just open it up and slug it down like you're drinking a beer. Okay? you got to let it breathe a little bit, baby. Put a little bit in the glass and let it breathe. And uh, I'll guarantee you're going to like it. Pairs well with the Springer Mountain Farms chicken and Boxmasters records. It really does. So the same band that you trusted to bring you the Blues and Boogie full tilt for years is now bringing you the finest in red or white wine that you will absolutely love. Order online and have it brought to your doorstep. How much how much more convenient is that? Have Foghat wine brought to your door. You go to foghatsellers.com. foghatsellers.com. Or you can also go to the band website at foghat.com, and there's a link there. So you order the Foghat wine, right, and the Springer Mountain chicken, and they bring it to your doorstep. You either download, uh, buy the download, or order the LP or the CD of the Boxmasters. Okay, you're fixed. You, you don't, you're ready for the winter. You can, you know... You can stay in, you know, for another month or two until the uh, vaccine is readily available. Listening to Boxmasters, eating Springer chicken, and uh, drinking Fog Hat wine. And just having a great time and having a happy holiday. Hey, it is the holidays. You know, Christmas is coming up. Have you seen the latest issue of Kudzu Magazine? It's free. Free, 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 set them free. Issue number 40. What? 40. Seems like only yesterday I did issue number one. I had Billy Eli on the cover. And now, then again, it seems like only yesterday when we did Grits Magazine number one with Dickie Betts on the cover. And that was, ugh, 2002. Hmm, my goodness. The latest issue of Kaju Let me try that. Let me try that again. The latest issue of Kaju Magazine features an interview with Dwayne Betts of the Almond Betts Band and interviews with guitar slinger Billy Crane. You know Billy Crane. Billy Crane played with Henry Paul Band and with the Outlaws. And he does a lot of wonderful solo stuff. Uh, 
And there's also an interview with Bud and J.D. from what? The Boxmasters. That's right. Billy Bob Thornton and J.D. Andrew. Uh, sure is. Right there in the kudzu. We dig into the archives for a classic kudzu interview that I did years ago with Maria McKee, one of my favorite singers. Played in a band called Lone Justice and did some great solo stuff. And we present our choices for best albums of the year. There's an article on a great unreleased Doc Holiday album. Loads of CD reviews, a couple of recipes for you to whip up. And then our uh, couch potato column, you know, things to watch on TV to waste your life away like I do. Another Southern Accents column, another Unexplainable Billy Eli column. Uh, Also in this issue, we're asking for your votes for inductees into the 2020 class of the Southern Rock Hall of Fame. It's all in Kudzu Magazine, and it's all free. W, 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 oh, well, no, it was just three. W, W, we used to say in radio, W, W, W. I still don't know why it's W. www.kudzumag.com, K-U-D-Z-O-O-M-A-G, kudzumag.com. Check it out. Also, I want to say, check out the uh, Ambassador of Southern Rock channel on YouTube. Just uh, punch in Ambassador of Southern Rock, and it'll pull it up. And please hit the subscribe button, and uh, we'll greatly appreciate it. We've got, uh, actually, the latest interview uh, happened just yesterday, and it was the tables were turned, and I was actually interviewed about my career by our sponsor and my friend, the attorney, Richard Smith interviewed me, but the day before that, I had interviewed the fabulous, uh, wonderful, wonderful Sean Murphy, the lady, the blues queen. Uh, oh my gosh, I can't even say enough. Sean had started out years ago with uh, Meatloaf, Meatloaf, and St- she went under the name Stony. They cut an album called Stony and Meatloaf, and then later on, she was uh, she's toured with uh, Eric Clapton, played Live Aid with Eric Clapton. How about that? Toured with uh, Bob Seger, Silver Bullet Band, many times, even as recently as 2019. Uh, she spent a lot of years as the lead singer for the reformed Little Feet, one of the greatest bands in the history of the world. Plus, she's got some great solo stuff out. So anyway, we've got Sean's interview. Also, there's archival interviews with people like Roger Earl from Fog Hat and Freddie Salem from the Outlaws. And it's all on there on the Ambassador of Southern Rock channel. Get yourself a glass of Fog Hat wine and sit down in front of your computer or your smart TV and uh, check out these interviews. We have some great conversations so far some real fun and we greatly appreciate it um so anyway all right well now that uh, we've talked about all that uh i want to say that um uh 
we're going to be talking about uh, uh, I lost my place on my my uh, my my thing here what am I doing who am I where am I okay there I am <laughs> gonna, we're gonna play a song and we're gonna play a song by Bob Dylan because we're gonna be talking about Bob Dylan so this is one that I always like quite a bit and uh, this is Subterranean Homesick Blues for you folks. You remember that one? That was a good song. I, it still is a good song. And we'll be back and we'll do our um, recommendations and our high fidelity game and then play some more music. And boy, and the party's just beginning. Then we're going to talk about Dylan. And there's no telling what might happen. So please stick around. Thanks for tuning in. Kudzu Radio Hour is on the air. John is in the basement mixing up the medicine. I'm on the pavement thinking about the government. The man in a trench coat, batch out, laid off. Says he's got a bad cough, wants to get it paid off. Look out, kid, it's something you did. God knows when, but you're doing it again. You better duck down the alleyway looking for a new friend. The man in a coonskin cap in a pig pen wants $11 bills. You only got 10. Maggie comes fleet foot, face full of black soot Talking at the heat, put plants in the bed But the phone's tapped anyway Maggie says the many say they must bust an early man Orders from the DA Look out, kid, don't matter what you did but Walk on your tiptoes, don't tie no bows Better stay away from those that carry around a fire hose Keep a clean nose, wash the clean clothes You don't need a weatherman to know which way the wind blows Get sick, get well, hang around the inkwell, hang bell, hard to tell if anything is gonna sell. Try hard, get boxed, get back, ride rail, get jailed, jump bail, join the army if you fail. Look out, kid, you're gonna get hit by losers, cheaters, six-time users, hanging around the theaters. Girl by the whirlpools, looking for a new fool, don't follow leaders, or watch your parking meters. Warm short pants, romance Learn to dance, get dressed, get blessed Try to be success Please her, please him Buy gifts, don't steal, don't live Twenty years of schooling and they put you on the day shift Look out, kid, they keep it all hit Better jump down a manhole, light yourself a candle Don't wear sandals and try to forge the scandals Don't wanna be a bum, you better chew gum The pump don't work cause the vandals took the handle Well, that's a good one to kick it off. Subterranean Homesick Blues by Bob Dylan. Yeah, Mama's in the Basement. But the... Uh, best, one, best video of any video of all time. The, the great cue card video, right? That Man. was the best video in the history of music videos. Bobby, Bobby was so ahead of his time. I mean, so ahead of it. Long before there were MTV or videos. 
There was he Dylan. He didn't even come before there was MTV, man. Yeah, I mean, or, yeah or, right. even ca- or even cable TV. Oh, or even or even color TV. <laughs> that too. <laughs> but uh, please welcome, ladies and gentlemen, my partners in crime. You know them. You love them. You can't live without them. Three guys from uh, Texas. Oh, one transplanted to where? Massachusetts. He lives in Whoville. He's a he's a who, Doctor Who we like to call him. But anyway, it's uh, Billy Eli up there up north, and over in Austin Town, Texas, we've got Patrick Beach and Jim Hemphill. Hi hey, guys, and welcome. Hey y'all from the ATX. I want to say right out there. ATX. ATX. Yeah, yes, right, baby. Yeah. I want to say. Hey, what was it? What was a band we used to like, Jim? Uh, Damn Nations TX. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, there was another Damn Nation somewhere, and I just put TX. What are we doing in this Damn Nation? I started the program. I'm going to say I was so full of myself today, and I want to apologize to our listeners for the extended opening segment of the program where I waxed philosophic. <laughs> I don't know. I was just in a talkative radio mood and uh oh god, and, uh, oh god. i think the i think <laughs> the introduction of the program is something like 17 minutes which is cool because uh it's the length of the latest dylan song yeah right. Right. yeah, yeah. yeah it's the length of dylan's latest you know you single. beat me to the punch there but that's, that, that's the thing we're on this some sort of a psychic Psychic connection there. Or something. I knew we, you were going to say we, that. We, we've got some kind of psychotic. You've got a psychotic thing going on. Yeah. got yeah. a tight connection to my heart. Uh, so do we need to clarify that we're not part of that opening segment? Yes, you're not. No, they know that you're not so, because okay. they already have heard the great, talented Michael Buffalo Smith talk. And then all these so, other guys came in. and uh, All right. All we brought right. them in out of their prison cells long enough. Let them out into the yard to uh, wreak havoc. Do their business. Wreak havoc on the other prisoners. Do their business. (laughs) And we're just hoping that nobody gets shanked. Then we will. Then we we will be put back in our cages. You will be put back back, in in your box or so. And we will. But we will give you. We will give you a plate of beans and a glass of water. So. Perfect. The um, that all that being said, uh, yes. You know, the podcast world is loaded with podcasts. There are, I, I had no earthly idea that there's 50 billion podcasts for people to choose from. So anybody that's listening to this right now, what the hell's wrong with you? No, I'm just kidding. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to ours because I listen to, I've got like 20 that I'm keeping up with now, and that's way too many with all the television and all the other crap that I waste my time on when I should be working on writing songs or writing stories, you know? Yeah, you should be right. You should be wasting your time doing that stuff. Yeah, I mean, because that, you know, basically everything that I do is a waste of time. Right. Well, me too. Except, uh, except masturbation. Uh, that's not really a waste of time. But the, um, Hey, wait, can I say that? I'm sorry. What, am I, allowed I, don't to well, I don't know if you can, but you okay. absolutely shouldn't. Yeah, yeah there's, there's a difference between can and should. 
You didn't. Yeah, you, yeah there's. You didn't say it. You know, you guys. I know you're just imagining it in your mind right now. So. God damn! Would you stop? <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. I know. I know. Bill. I know. Billy is. He thinks about it all. Jesus! Would yeah. you stop? When my head hits the pillow tonight. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, Bill. I know I'm Billy. Have to Billy's mute y'all. Billy's uh, Billy's sexual fantasies are about his guitar. Because I, I caught him one time dozing. He'd fallen asleep and he was sitting there going, Oh, Clementine. Clementine. See, man. See. Okay, call her. I don't call her Clementine. I call her, I call her baby. Baby. The, the, baby. The, you're safe. The phrase, so nice. The phrase Billy's sexual fantasies is something I never need to hear. You know, man. It kind of goes right along with kicky boots. Kicky boots. Well, me and Jim have been working together 22 years, and it's funny. That's the first time this has ever come up. And Buff, you brought and Buff, you brought it up. Well, thank you. Neither uh, me nor Jim broached this, man. Well, yeah, that's because you and Jim are too nice to talk about it. You just think about it. Um, speaking so, of Jim, moving Jim, along, Jim's picture is uh, pops up on the screen in my. Um, Ambassador of Southern Rock video we did yesterday, Richard Smith, uh, my friend and attorney, Richard interviewed me for the channel about my music, and I was, uh, we've got pictures that pop up on there from, uh, one of them is from the Austin Sessions, and it's, uh, I'm singing in there at the uh, soundboard in total concentration as Jim Hemphill, and uh, it's <laughs> And it's so weird because it's placed in such a way that on the audio, I'm talking and I'm going, yeah, I made a big mistake. I mean, I got nervous doing that because I'm not the one that gets interviewed. And I said, uh, the album was produced by Billy Eli, which is not necessarily true. It was Jim. Well, me and Jim's a team ever. Yeah, and, and, and then it shows Jim's picture. So people are going to go, is that a picture of Billy, Eli? I can't. It can be. Hell, Billy, Jim. One of us, man. It's all the same. They all have. Dog, dog have guy from out of town. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> guy from out of town. Uh, yeah. It's time for the high fidelity game in which I am Jack Black. The, um, uh, the uh, thing today is going to be a little bit different. I'm going to pose a question. I'm going to ask each one of you to answer and the first question is two two questions uh, similar, but the first one, and I will call your name. So, this goes back to the days, the heyday of MTV, and we were all watching MTV. Your three favorite videos that you just sat around and couldn't wait to see them pop up on that screen, Jim Hibbill. Uh. Well, the first one is going to be really obscure, but but we literally stayed up until all hours of the night hoping this would pop up. And it's a band from Minneapolis called The Suburbs. And the oh. video was for the song Love is the Law, which is their <coughs> debut album on Mercury after several years on Twin Tone. And my band opened for them once and we drank all their beer uh, in the dressing room and got their road crew pissed off at us. But anyway, Love is the Law, The Suburbs uh, is... is is the one that we we honestly waited to see uh and i'm gonna go with another twin cities band for number two so this one is this one's also obscure and it's a band called the flaming o's 
and oh. the song is called I Remember Romance. I remember uh, that band. Another another great Minneapolis band. Uh, and number three, I'm going to say this was in the early days of MTV when, you know, we would we would. Uh, this one was played a little bit more, and it's the psychedelic furs, pretty and pink. Oh yeah, that was a great. That was a great video. And that's like that, to man. clarify the original version, not the one they remade for the movie, but the right, right. Well, uh, okay, well, that's great. Good list. I, I forgot to do mine. I was going to do mine first. I'll throw mine out there. Uh, mine are, um, oh, goodbye to you by Scandal because I was in love with Patty Smythe. Right. And uh, I sat and waited for that. I sat and waited for her in that red dress. I would wait for hours to see that uh, video pop up. Uh, my other one is a gentleman by the name of Prince and a song called 1999. I remember I just, that video. Yeah. I love that, that song. I mean, it just, everything about it is just rocking. Every, I just loved Prince during that phase of... You know, right before Purple Rain. Of course, Purple Rain was great too, but 1999 and all all that was wonderful. And my third one is uh, (laughs) Men at Work and Who Can It Be Now? Another good one. I just loved watching him in the rubber room and the the straight jacket and all that. Yeah. Colin Hay with his crossed eyes. And uh, it was was just, I don't know how simple a song to make make it it was just so good and they played it like forever i mean over and over and over again uh well anyway that's from my three billy uh your three favorite uh good man i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna add a little bit of a component i'm gonna go for just like most fun goofy thing and uh and then i'm gonna pick two that actually like were production many movies uh, I start with one of the mini movies, uh, ZZ Top's Legs, and it had the manic yeah. mechanics that kept fading in and out, and it had the car, and there was kind of a story in there, but it was all this symbolism and the key and the magic keychain, and, and yeah. uh, you know, and and uh, so that was one, and then another one, and this is funny because I didn't even particularly like this song, but it was a but it was a good video. Was uh, Pat Benatar's Love Is a Battlefield? Oh yeah. Uh, and it, it, it I yeah. mean, it, it was like a mini <clears throat> movie about teenage angst and all this crap. And I remember thinking, she's a little bit old to be playing a teenage girl, even in 1984. <laughs> and uh, and so and so there were those. And then um uh, um. Uh, I could have picked for the movie ones. I could have picked a Tom Petty one, but for a Tom Petty one, I'm going one that was just goofy. Uh, send up, and that was uh, the uh, the waiting, and it had the it was just his band playing, and then they had incorporated the crew, and they were you know choreographed the the uh, cameras going up and down. It was you know it was like something out of Pee Wee's Playhouse. Pretty great. So. Yeah, anyway, so they were my three. You know, and you mentioned Tom Petty. I, there's one that also, almost made my list was, uh, I loved the one he did, uh, Don't Come Around Here No More, the Alice right. in Wonderland thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. I, I, started, I started to go with the Lemonheads and that recut they did of uh, oh. uh, Mrs. Robinson. And <laughs> and that was that was like some manic speed freak holding like a whole movie camera, you know? Oh, man, yeah. All right, Patrick. Well, I literally did stay up all night waiting for this one, uh, eating cold Domino's pizza, 
Yeah. Warm, warm Budweiser beer. We were yeah, always, baby. always waiting and hoping for She's Tight by Cheap Trick. Man, yes. I have, I have that on my phone right now so I can watch it anytime I want to. That's, that's the ringtone on my phone. Um, uh, when I'm down, I make a call, you know? Um, so that's number one. Uh, the second one that popped into my head, of course, was Thriller, but they would let you know when they were going to play it, which was right, about every, every eight minutes. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Along the lines of uh, Billy's Benatar pick, one of the first one of the first music videos I remember that had uh, any sort of narrative and, and a good bit of style was Twilight Zone by Golden Earring. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man, right. Yeah. I yeah. totally forgot about Bullet that. Bullet hits yeah. the bone, baby. Yeah, yeah. you know. That was a you good one. You don't really know what's happening, but you want to keep watching. And it's a great song, too. It is, uh, it is a great, it is a great it song. Is. It is. Well, I, I, I expected Jim to say Love is the Law, but I never recall seeing the Flamin' O's on MTV. So lucky you. I saw it one time. One time? One time. Mm -hmm. Very early. Not exactly. I was watching on black and white TV. Um, and this is one... I didn't stay up all night for because <laughs> I was a grown up and had a job by then. But uh, oh no, a very very stylish and iconic video that broke this band really hard in 1991. Smells like Teen Spirit. Yeah, it's it's subversive yeah. and it's creepy. And uh, what's what's with those cheerleaders with the anarchist <laughs> thing? Perfect. I tell you what, man, I, I wouldn't have thought of that one because uh, again, by the time. By the time that happened, I had th that came out. I had stopped watching MTV, but uh, yeah. but man, I, I I have seen that video, and I have to say the thing that always impressed me about that the the look and the feel and the mood of, mm -hmm. of that video perfectly matches that music that's being played. It's that slow, you yeah, know. It, yeah. it, it, it's got that real syrupy kind of dragon. And yeah, and all the kids are in there cheering while he's singing about we're stupid and contagious. Yeah. And, the first, and, and the, the first time I saw that video was the first time I'd heard that song. And I wasn't watching MTV much, but I just remember flipping it on. You know, I can't remember what, you know, the end of the day or late at night or something. That video came on and I was just transfixed. I'd never even heard the song before. So yeah. It was early on. Yeah. And I was like, wow, wow. No, yeah. that it was right. a wow moment. By that time, by that time, I was uh, writing about music full time, and you so know, you had I, already heard of, you'd already heard of the band. Then see, I, I was like Jim, not being <clears throat> wired into not being wired into into that whole Seattle thing, man. I yeah. never heard of them until they broke huge because it wasn't the stuff I listened to, you know. Right, I, I had Bleach, and uh, I really liked the band, and then Nevermind came out, and it just got so huge. It was like, holy crap. There's a band I like that's actually popular. That's not supposed to happen. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and at, that, at, at that time, I, I knew I knew Nirvana a little bit. My Seattle band was Mudhoney. I yeah. was a big right. Mudhoney fan at that point, uh, and and that kind of just blew it all open. It sounded kind of like Mudhoney with a layer of polish on top of it. Yeah, uh, and I was in, I was into I was into Soundgarden when they were still on Sub Pop. Too. Oh yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So those are my three. That's good. Uh, well, let's get stuff, guys. Oh, that's good stuff. I uh, if I'd have had another one, which I don't, uh, I would have said Panama by Van Halen. I, I, oh yeah, I, I love that one a lot. Too. That man, I, I tell you what, that was 
That was such a great video of Laura, him just driving down Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, no, that was, that, yeah, that was perfect, man. Yeah, that's great. All right, part two of the question, and you get one answer, okay? Your least favorite, uh, least favorite MTV video, the one that when it came on, like I think Jim said in an earlier program, a uh, video would come on and you would go and uh, get another beer or go take a whiz. Or, or whatever. Y'all, y'all had a clean the house rule, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, your bad video rule. Yeah, we would actually turn it off and maybe go to sleep or maybe make a beer run. Well, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna throw mine out here very very quickly, and I will say that it was Frankie goes to Hollywood. Relax. Don't do it. Oh God, no! Please don't make me hear that again. Okay. That was mine. Hey, wait, wait. Let me ask you. What uh, what killed it for you? Was it the video, the song, or a combination of the two? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no. That, and when you say yes, I know exactly what you mean. My pick is going to be like that. Too. Yeah, okay. Uh, let's go with Jim next. All right. Well, sorry, 80s hair metal or hair hard rock fans, but it's Don't Tell Me You Love Me by Night Ranger. Although I, I used to say... <laughs> No, definitely not Sister Christian. I will watch that oh, any day. No. But 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 don't tell you tell me you love me. They were on this set. It was a lot it was, you know, a mimed live performance thing, but they were on this set and it had railroad tracks. And the bass player kept standing on the railroad tracks and I said, I'm gonna watch this until I see a train come along and hit that some bit. <laughs> so uh anyway, that's the one. Don't tell me you love me. Night Ranger. All right, Billy. Um, oh, no, let Pat go. Go ahead, Pat. Oh, yeah, let Pat go then. Okay. No, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I got a couple of minutes to think of it because I've got a definite winner for you guys. Let's have it. Here I go again, White Snake. Everything oh. hideous. Funny contain humping the hood of that car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, and, and then didn't it seem like they played that damn video like once uh, an hour? Right. There's, there's the, the woman on the hood of the car. There's Tony, Tony Katane. That's who that David, David, <laughs> David, David Coverdale. Yeah. Said, her, bo- her boyfriend, at, David look, Coverdale. Look at me. I'm a complete twat waffle. You know, all my twat waffleness. You know, uh, and he, he wasn't bad when he was uh, with uh, Deep Purple, but man, that's. Mm, 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 Every cliche mm. in the book. I think they even invented some new cliches. They instantly became cliches. They, they, they turned on the cliche machine. Oh, okay. Uh, all right. I've got one, and then I've got another one that tops all of them, and uh, and everybody's going to agree with me on my top all of them. But, but the one that I would just pick was, uh, and this must have been in, like 85 or maybe 86 and it was another one the song was bad the band was bad the video was bad it was all bad and they played it what seemed like constantly and it was the dream academy life in the northern town and if i start to hear that now i seriously start looking for something blunt and rusty to puncture my own goddamn <laughs> eardrums so i don't have to hear hey nah, 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 nah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> But but the all-time list, and I and I believe y'all are gonna agree with me. Uh men without hats, the safety. Oh, <laughs> God. Remember, remember man with the little yeah. 
Oh, oh, that was oh, great. Oh, the safety does. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, made... oh, I heard, I heard the Renaissance Fair is in town. Let's go out there and make a video. <laughs> yeah. I should have uh, put yeah, Ryan Adams but... cuts like a knife on mine, I guess, probably too. But... Well, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that was one. That was the one. That was that was the one video you could not get away from. Well, I would uh, I would also add George you couldn't get away from it. I would uh, I would have added also George Michael's song Faith. I got so tired of hearing that. Got to have faith, the faith, the faith. Oh, that was the one that started with him by the jukebox. Yeah, I remember yeah, that. Yeah. I just uh yeah, anyway. So that, that being said, moving right along, and don't you think we should? Yeah. yeah. Recommendations of the week. Bum 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 Billy, do you have anything to recommend this week? I do not. I recommend uh, y'all carry on without me for a couple minutes. I, I thought you were going to say. I thought you were say I recommend beer. Well, I'm going to get a beer while I'm talking to Griffey. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right, Jim. Any recommendations? I do. I do. It's a documentary available on Netflix called "That Little Old Band from Texas." Yes, mm-hmm. it is. We can guess. We can guess who that is. The amazing ZZ Top. It's, uh, you know, ZZ Top is one of those bands that has a long and interesting enough history that if you really wanted to tell it in anything resembling a comprehensive fashion, it would have to be four hours long. And this is, a, this is not that long. And it kind, of, it kind of focuses on a couple, three things. It, fo- it gives a lot of background of the three guys before they joined the band. It talks about the band's early days. It talks about how they finished Tres Hombres, which to this day is my favorite ZZ Top record, at Ardent Studios in Memphis, the great Ardent Studios. And then it talks about Eliminator. And uh, it was interesting to hear Billy talk about the Legs video because they talk a little bit about, about those, those videos from Eliminator, and they have quite an extensive interview with the director of those videos uh, who's related to the whole Newman clan out in L.A., you know, Randy Newman and his uncle Alfred, who was a film composer, and Alfred's son, Thomas, who's a Alfred film composer, yeah. who started a band called The Innocents way back in the day, but he also has a composition degree from Yale. But anyway, uh, it's, it's, so it, it, it doesn't tell the whole story of ZZ Top, but it tells a lot of the interesting, uh, interesting points. And, you know, any time spent with the top is good, good time spent. So that's, that's my recommendation. Yeah. And, and, yeah, and the performances are in Green Hall. Uh, and uh and frank beard's uh interviews it looks like he's on lake austin he is i think he yeah he lives here part-time apparently and before they uh before they put it on netflix uh the company sent me uh a review copy of that on blu-ray and uh i highly recommend you know for all you uh video junkies who want the like the crystal clear sound and image to get the blu-ray disc and it's got bonus bonus stuff on it as well uh but man it is really uh like jim said it's really great okay uh patrick well my reservation comes with uh or my my recommendation comes with reservations because it's for a movie we watched last night and two-thirds of us didn't much care for it <laughs> it's it's the new david fincher film called Mank, M-A-N-K. It's about Philip Mankovich, who wrote and won an Oscar for the screenplay to Citizen Kane. Um, kind of a passion project for Fincher. His dad, uh, who passed on, uh, wrote the screenplay for it. And Mankovich was, if you know anything about the making of Citizen Kane, he was uh, 
a little bit washed up, a famous alcoholic, and he had a bad, bad car accident. And he wrote the screenplay for Citizen Kane while he was recovering from this car accident in traction with a cast on his leg, two people looking at him 24 hours a day, trying to help him get better from the car accident and maybe sober up. That sobering up thing didn't work out terribly well. What's really impressive about the movie is the look and the attention to detail. Fincher is, of course, just about our most exacting living filmmaker, a real devotee to Hitchcock. Gone Girl is basically one long homage to Vertigo. It's, and it's very good. It's Boy, very, it is. very good. Yes, it it's very, very good. But it's got that period look, and his details are like, if they're looking at, if there's a shot that shows the front page of the San Francisco Chronicle or the Los Angeles Times from a given day, they got that actual paper and made the whole front page and uh things like that the cars the uh the sets that are obviously uh not real you know the backdrops and the i don't even know the technical filmmaking term but <clears throat> when they showed when they showed uh films in theaters on film there the projectionist would be running two projections two, two projectors and and there was a little dot like five seconds before the the end of the reel those are in that. And, of course, you don't need those anymore because almost everything is digital. Does anybody know what the term for that is? You know, I did it once, and there are two dots. There's a warning dot and then a do-it-now dot. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I can't remember. Yeah, they, uh, I was, a, I was yeah. a projectionist in the theater, uh, movie theater, mm -hmm. uh, and they, they call them, uh, they call them uh, Q marks. Okay. But, okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, and uh, when you saw that pop up, you know, you better be ready because we had half the movie on one projector and the other half on the other projector. And then when right. that would pop up, you had to kind of like really pull it down at the right time so there wouldn't be any right. empty space. And uh, right. so I worked, I worked like a couple of summers at, uh, at the drive-in <laughs> drive movie theater. In 77, it was uh, uh, that summer, we had two only two movies the entire summer. The first half was Star Wars, and the second half was Smoking the Bandit. And I think I memorized <laughs> memorized the scripts of both movies through just constantly playing them. And uh, but yeah, that, that was in, that was cool. Um, I should I should emphasize that uh, it's not just like a guy laying in bed writing a script. Orson Welles, of course, is the wonderkin. He was 29 years old when he made Citizen Kane, and there's lots and lots of flashbacks that talk about. Uh, the the backstory of the uh, infighting within and among studios at that time, oh. how Orson Welles got the final cut, which was unprecedented at the time. But, and here's the but, I learned after we watched this movie about the making of Citizen Kane that two-thirds of the people I watched it with haven't seen Citizen Kane. My oh. son and my wife have not seen Citizen Kane, so it didn't mean that much to them. They didn't know that that guy was William Randolph Hearst. They didn't know that he was married to Marion Williams. So uh, maybe we should have watched that first. However, if you're a fan of Citizen Kane, you'll be fascinated by this because it's, from what I've read about the making of the movie, not altogether inaccurate. Is it, Mank. Is it, shot, it, is it shot in black and white? Yes. Oh, cool. Glorious oh, black and white. It looks amazing. Wow. And and Gary Oldman as Mankovich just kills. Oh. He's got he's well, got he's, this. He's, boy, he's good. 
he's got this scene that goes on uh, forever and ever toward the end, where they're at uh, San Simeon, the Hearst Castle, and he is just out of his mind drunk and starts starts pitching this story about a quixotic quest and and the guy next to you know the obviously uh, uh, Hearst is Don Quixote and the guy sitting next to him is his uh, Sancho Panza yada 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 and he just it's a scenery chewing long scene Goldman is so good in everything but especially in this not a perfect movie I liked it your mileage might vary well, thank you, Roger Ebert. Um, the um, origin says, well, it depends. Uh, mine is uh, mine is a book. I I've been wanting to get this book for a couple of years, and I finally ordered it and um, directly from the author. And it is a coffee table sized book called "Sealed with a Kiss" by a lady named Lydia Chris who was Peter Chris of Kiss's first wife. And uh, it is, um, you've heard of the Kissery books, the big, huge, which I also have, that cost way too much money. But uh, they're, they're, pretty, they're good. But I'm going to tell you, Lydia Chris's book is better for the fans of Kiss uh, from the time they started, which my era was from 73 to... 77 or so or 78 77 and that that's what this this book has so many backstage and behind the scenes photos all the way from back when they were playing their first gigs at the daisy and all this and lydia just was taking pictures you know and it's just so interesting to see how that band started out you know playing in front of like five people <laughs> You know, and all this kind of stuff, and then grew into such a phenomenon. And, uh, and tons and tons, if you like Peter Chris, and don't we all, uh, there's like way too many behind the scenes pictures of Chris uh, through throughout the years, and uh, of, of all the guys, actually. And then the, the, the writing, the, you know, she she has lots and lots of stories in there, too. So it's like, it's actually, and the book doesn't cost that much. It's a good value. And, uh, you know, you can order it with it autographed by her. Of course, I didn't, uh, I wasn't going to pay for for an autograph, but she went ahead and did it anyway and autographed it and kissed the page with lipstick <laughs> on the title page. She kissed it with her lip prints and then signed it, which is kind of cool. But uh, for, you know, that's, I guess, guilt kiss is my biggest guilty pleasure. Um, I just have always liked them, and I even tolerate, you know, the Tommy Thayer, uh, Eric Singer version. You know, I've gone through all the different versions, but to me, it always goes back to that original excitement of the first, the four, you know, even if they did have problems. You know, so be it. Most rock and roll bands do. Uh, but everything all the way up through Love Gun and even up to Dynasty, maybe. Uh, I just, uh, I liked all that. So it's all covered in that book. And that is that about that. Now, uh, all that being said, uh, that's going to wrap up this part. What we're going to do is 
We're going to play a song, and then we're going to come back and talk about Dylan. But I want to play a song by a lady that I um, interviewed last week. This on my Ambassador of Southern Rock channel. And uh, she is an amazing, amazing singer by the name of Sean Murphy. And Sean started out her career in 1971 as a duet, Stoney and Meatloaf. Before Meatloaf was ever the Bad Out of Hell guy, they did a record on Motown, Stoney and Meatloaf, as a duet. And uh, they had met each other while doing the play Hair on Broadway. So later on, uh, Sean would tour with Eric Clapton. And uh, she did Live Aid with Eric Clapton and, uh, and uh, played all around the world. And then with Bob Seger, she's toured many, many, many times and recorded many, many records. Uh, even toured with Seger up to 2019. And uh, her uh, one thing that I really knew her the most for was she, when Little Feet reformed in the 90s, they tapped her as the singer for Little Feet. So she did a few albums with them and a bunch of tours. And like I told her in the interview, I saw her and them with B.B. King in Charlotte. And it was one of the greatest shows I'd ever seen in my life. And I got to... Thank goodness I had press credentials and got to meet everybody and meet Mr. King. And, uh, boy, that was, I was, you know, I don't get nervous very often, but I got very nervous <laughs> that night. Uh, but this is a song from her, um, her uh, latest album. Uh, somebody had told her that she should do uh, an album of cover tunes instead of just her originals. So the album is called Flame Still Burns, and this is her cover of a song by Greg Allman called It's Not My Cross to Bear. How about that? So uh, anyway, that's uh, this is Sean Murphy, and we will be right back with page two. I ain't here wondering why 
All right, that's uh, Sean Murphy and uh, her cover of Greg Allman. It's not my cross to bear. It's a good one. I like it. Amen. All right. Well, um, well, it's time to talk about Robert Zimmerman. Yes, Bob Dylan, probably one of the greatest songwriters in the history of music, uh, and certainly one of the most prolific. And the man can write a long song. I, what I like about Bob Dylan the most, well, I like a lot of things about him, but one of the things I like a lot about him is that he threw the rule book out the door as far as, you know, a song has got to be verse, chorus, verse, chorus, verse, chorus. <laughs> he just as soon write a song that doesn't have a chorus or that goes on for 48 verses, you know. Um, you got to love that. It's just whatever the inspiration is. So we're going to talk about, I suppose, each of us is going to name our five, I would say, our personal favorite Bob Dylan songs. Not necessarily like, um, you know, I don't want to be like, uh, these are the definitive Bob Dylan songs. But just our opinions. How about that? Sure. That's kind of like it. So uh, I'll, without further ado, let's start with Jim Hemphill. All right. Well, uh, you know, there are so many great songs that to me, I, to, to be able to do this, I had to have some kind of methodology. And, you know, you could, you could go wide-ranging the entire Dylan career. You could say these are the songs that you think are going to be remembered 100 years from now. You could do lots of things. I mean, if I had to make a bet about the songs that will be remembered 100 years ago, I'd bet all the money I have because I'll be dead. But anyway, so I would never have to pay up. But anyway, I would say Blowing in the Wind and The Times They Are Changing are probably the two that are going to be stand the longest. But neither of those two are my favorite Dylan songs, so they're not on my list. Um, and it's, you know... Most great artists have a peak of their career where they are just on a roll and they have a four or five or however many year period where they just can seemingly do no wrong. The thing about Dylan is he's had, it, by, my, by my lights, three or four peaks. You could say right out of the gate with his acoustic stuff and his first couple records. You could say when he first started going electric. You could say when he was doing his 70s stuff with, uh, you know, Rolling Thunder and, and earlier than that, the band. And you could say he had another peak in the 2000s when he put out great albums like Time Out of Mind and Love and Theft. I mean, Love and Theft, I listen to a lot. Uh, it's one of my favorite Dylan records. But to me, when I think of Bob Dylan, the first thing I think of is his early electric stuff. The stuff that right before, you know, the, the stuff he put out before his, his famous motorcycle accident. And really, it's Bringing It All Back Home, Highway 61 Revisited, Blonde on Blonde. That is the period of Dylan that speaks most to me and so I just drew everything from that period it was hard for me to decide and uh, because I for a while I had on my list uh, a song from Love and Theft called uh, High Water for Charlie Patton which I think is a great song uh, but I'm I'm going with my core Dylan and it, even though I you know uh, confined it to that it was still really freaking hard to pick five uh, so here I go number one again obvious but 
it's it's such a landmark great song that it has to be on my list and that's like a rolling stone there's just no way i can have a dylan list personally without having like a rolling stone on it because it is just that good it is everything about it the not just the song the recording Bloomfield on guitar, Al Cooper, great story about how Al Cooper ended up playing Hammond organ on that. He came in thinking he was going to play guitar, heard Bloomfield and said, okay, maybe I should sit down at the organ uh, and came up with that just great little, those little great simple fills. So anyway, Like a Rolling Stone is, 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 is the first on my list. My next one is a song that um, I always think of as a companion to Like a Rolling Stone. It wasn't on the same record. As a matter of fact, it was released as a single, um, but it takes the icy hipster bitch fest kind of thing to another level. And that's Positively Fourth Street. <laughs> you got a lot of nerve to say you are my friend. I mean, come on, to start a song like that, holy. And, and, and one of the things about it is like what you said, Buff, is that you kind of, it sounds so much, sonically, it's similar enough to like a Rolling Stone that you're waiting for that big chorus with that big hook and positively Fourth Street doesn't have it, right? It's just verse after verse after verse, whereas uh, like a Rolling Stone has that, how do you feel that hook chorus, which was not always present in Dylan's songs. But I mean, positively Fourth Street is just, again, a great song, just such, so mean and, uh, that's one of the things I like about that period of Dylan. So you got to pick that. Uh, my number three pick, again, going back to first lines, we did great first lines of songs a couple weeks ago, but positively Fourth Street has to be on that list. And so does my next pick. God said to Abraham, kill me a son. Abe said, man, you must be putting me on. Uh, Highway 61 revisited. If nothing else, that first line is just, is just amazing. And again, he's just, the, the the recording, the song, everything about it. That record is just that album is so good and has so many great things on it that 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 I, that it has to be on my list. Um, I had lots of issues with four and five trying to figure out what to put on there, and um, so you know I thought maybe I should you know maybe I should go with a later record. Maybe I should you know what should I do? But I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with with my uh, with my narrow focus. And so for number four, I'm going with Subterranean Homesick Blues. And I think we kicked off the show with that or, or somewhere earlier in the show, Buff played that. You know, great lyrics. That, again, the video, uh, which wasn't even really, videos didn't exist back then, but the promo film for it was brilliant. Uh, you know, you don't need a weatherman to know which way the wind blows. Jeez. So, oh, man. So good so good from particularly considering the historical context it's just it's just fantastic it's just and the wordplay it's just you know, the pumps don't work because the vandals stole the handles come on that's just so absurdly great that i just i just can't even describe it and then my number five is is i'm probably crediting the performance on this one more than the song itself but it's one of my favorite Dylan songs to listen to largely because of the performance of, again, Mike, the great Mike Bloomfield on guitar, and that's Tombstone Blues. Uh, just has these little Bloomfield runs that are just sting. Uh, and uh, it's, 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 it's an interesting set of lyrics. I don't think it's Dylan's best set of lyrics. It's, it, I, I almost put Visions of Joanna on because from Blonde on Blonde because the lyrics are so great. 
That is uh, such a great man, and that thing you say, man, that's a, he's shining as a poet there, man. Exactly, exactly. And the only reason I got Tombstone Blues on there is because, as I've said before, I I come to music first, and Tombstone Blues. I think it's only got two chords in the whole song, but it's yeah. just the performance just stings, and and I listen to that song a lot, and so that's that's my number five. So very narrow period. Uh, I still love Dylan. I, again, like I said, I think Time Out of Mind and Love and Theft stand with some of his best work. It's a totally different trip. And I still like seeing Dylan live. A lot of people complain about him live. He doesn't sing the songs the way they are on the record. His voice is shot, blah, blah, blah. All true. I, he still, I still love to see Dylan shows. He's always yeah. got a great band. And he always pulls out surprises. And he always does stuff you don't expect. And it shouldn't go in there wanting to hear Blonde on Blonde because he doesn't sound like that anymore but he's still just an all-time great. Uh, so anyway, that's that's my list. I like it. I Bill like Eli, it. what's your uh, five, uh, Bob Dylan? Who, who, all, is, who all is gone? Cause I'm, uh, I'm, 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 just Jim. Jim's the only one so far. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, here's the thing, man. I'm going to start, and we're doing five, right? And yeah. I don't I, – I don't, I, these aren't ranked in any particular order. So uh, – yeah, but uh, he did um, – uh, I'll be your baby tonight. That's that. That would be right up at the top of mine. I have I, I have a Ray Price album. You know the great country Ray, yeah. yeah, of him doing of him doing a version of that. I have an album with with a version of him. And man, it's a great little honky tonk swing shuffle. It's also uh, you know it's a great kind of roadhouse song the way Dylan plays it. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh Linda Ronstadt so, did a good version of that too. Yeah, she did. She she certainly did. Uh okay, so that one uh here's a here's one that it was funny. I, I knew I knew it was one of his and I never paid much attention to his version of it. <clears throat> but he uh but it came out on uh on the Doug Psalm uh uh the return of Wayne Douglas album. Where he revisited songs he had recorded earlier, and it's a uh, lo- uh, love minus zero, no limit. Oh yeah, uh, what a great, great song! And like Jim was saying about the lyrics uh, of uh, "Subterranean Homesick Blues" of the pump pumps don't work because the vandals took the handles. <laughs> he, he's he does some lyrical things. Uh, he does some lyrical things like that in that song, in my opinion. Where uh uh. What's the the bridge at midnight trembles? The country doctor rambles. Bankers needs to seek perfection, expecting all the gifts that wise men bring. And you know, it's just it, it's uh it, it's lyrically it's very poetic. Uh, plus, man, it's actually got a pretty damn good musical hook in it. I mean, not Dylan's version so much, but like when when you hear like a, it arranged with a band like on the Doug Som record, it's uh it, it's it's musically put together pretty well. So that would be so I have three more. I'm gonna pick one of the ones that the birds did, but it's not gonna be Tambourine Man, although that that could easily be one of the best songs of all time. Uh I know it was Hunter S. Thompson. He thought that that was the best song that had ever been written. Uh, but I'm going to go with uh, My Back Pages. Mm. And uh, I like Dylan's version of that because it's got that sort of street performer yeah, yeah, in it, you know, that, that real grit. But uh, 
<laughs> you had a couple of chiming 12 string Rickenbackers and four part harmony, you cleans up pretty good. Yeah. And again, <laughs> and, and again, it, it's easy to lose that in the sort of the time it was released and the pop sensibility of it. But man, go back and read the lyrics. It's uh, the lyrics in that are, are, are just great. And it's funny, man, the last four years I've, <laughs> I've, I've reflected on those lyrics a lot in the, uh, the section about, you know, everybody, it, it, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing the lyrics, but it, you know, everybody not like me is my enemy. And, and, and I have this thing I have to protect, but it's, it's, it's not a real thing. <laughs> and he, yeah. Anyway, so there's that. And, uh, let me think, um, cause it starts getting tricky then, uh, has anybody, well, it's only been you, Jim, did, uh, has anybody picked, uh, uh, just like a woman yet? Cause, cause I'll pick that one. And again, it cuts in what works in three, four different genres. Uh, somebody told me, uh, he wrote that about, uh, Evie Sedgwick maybe. Well, um, it's, it, it, uh, I read that somewhere. Have I? No, he wrote it about war. He wrote it about Warren Beatty. Right. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, that's probably right. But, uh, but again, uh, the lyrics and that are great, and it and it spans, you know, and the story spans from, you know, he's like this down and out guy, uh, you know, on his way up and. Uh, you know, goddamn man, just picking five out of everything he's done. I mean, it's it's hard. It's a damn near impossible, man. Because every time I name one, I think, oh yeah, but he did this one. That was like, you know, but but this one was was kind of like that. But it was it was a little different. But it was better. All right, and I, and I'm gonna go with uh uh I don't remember who had to pop it with this. I learned this from the uh. Johnny Cash, June Carter version. Uh, it ain't me, babe. Uh, sure. Which, which the turtles. Uh, the turtles. That, yeah, that was what I thought. That was one, and it was they did it like a big pop production, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, again, man, uh, some of the best lyrics ever, especially uh, Kiss Off lyrics. Go, yeah. go away from my window. Leave at your own chosen speed. <laughs> yes, he was the best kiss off. I um, almost had, to, I almost had to. Don't think twice. It's all right. Again, again. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, yeah, and he's, you know, his, those his kiss off lyrics were just, they were subtle, but man, when you listen to them, they, goddamn, they were brutal. Man. Yeah. I mean, it was it wasn't like, hey, fuck you, but it was, you know, but they were just that brutal, man. Anyway, uh, that's my five. You know, uh, I like it. You, you were one of you were mentioning. Uh, Don't think twice. It's all right. I uh, back during the years when I was playing a lot of solo gigs, acoustic. Um, I always did that song. Don't think twice. It's all right. And at the time, I was going through. Um, a rough patch with my uh, soon to be ex-wife. Soon to be ex-wife, <laughs> exactly. And uh, I would I know, sing that. I, know this story. I would <laughs> sing that song with so much passion, and it would get to those those lines. Um, you know, you just kind of wasted my precious time and all that. And I would just like be spitting 
I was just spitting into the microphone. Okay, I'm gonna do mine because I like to I like to say Beach. This is how much I respect Beach as a writer. I always kind of like try to save him to back clean up because he he's he's always just really so good. Well, man, and, let me just say, it's your story. Tell it any way you want. I would yeah. like to let him back clean up because it's easier on me not to have to. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I I do it because I do it because he he uh, actually him and Jim both. Uh, Billy, I'm sorry, but <laughs> these two guys, they. Uh, I'm so glad oh, Jesus, you brought them. They were both they were they were both music journalists for years. I'm so glad you brought both of them into our. Uh, little world it completely changed our uh well our it, radio. Certainly br- it certainly broadened the show out which was as you knew something that i <laughs> desperately wanted to do because i did too i just did not want to do another show about leonard skinner yeah I, yeah I, <laughs> you know, neither did i, I mean, right no i i, I, know, I mean man, i like I, I like the uh, of course i am the ambassador of southern rock you are but i don't like you know <laughs> Well, I'm I mean, not a one-trick pony. There's, you know, I mean, and we talked about this. We love the phenomenon that was Southern Rock, but it was brief. It it, it started. It burned real bright, real fast. It and it burned out, and it and it was brief. And there hadn't really been anything new. Well, in, you know, it's not just years. Southern Rock. It's not just Southern Rock. You know, all these different things, even punk. You know, what punk was kind of a flash. But I sure love my punk rock, and I love my new wave stuff, and, uh, you know, glam rock and everything, the tubes. I mean, all this kind of stuff. Okay, getting back on topic. I'm going to do mine. My Dylan songs are just, some of them are a little bit different. I keep hearing a tambourine. I know that's Pat. Pat's got a tambourine. He's ready to play it. I, I think, he's ready. I, I know that's dogs. what he's doing. He's ready to I think play it. Is this the dog? Don't, don't make me get out the kazoo. I oh, yeah. the dog. Yeah. Kazoo and tambourine. That would be great. My Dylan songs, number five, number five, number five, comes from a little album called Blonde on Blonde. <laughs> yeah, and, that album wasn't really all that good. It wasn't all that good. No, no, it was kind of lame. Uh, <laughs> that, was, that was funny, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Good. Rainy Day Women, number 12 and 35. That's great. Uh, I uh, only because uh, we used to get really hot and sing. <coughs> Everybody, let's get stoned. Hey, and, before you before you jump ahead, I'll finish what you're saying. But before you go into your next one, I want to say something about the song. So go go ahead. Well, that's it. Go ahead. Oh, I well, love. I just gonna add. I love the part where Bob laughs during the song. <laughs> Did anybody ever see the Saturday Night Live skit? And it was they were they were doing a lampoon of Dylan, and he he had it was the last I think the skit was called The Last Days of Woody Guthrie, and and Dylan has gone up uh and Dylan has gone up to visit Woody Guthrie, and he's in the hospital, and and then there and and Woody's like, oh yeah, Bob, Bob Dylan, I've heard it, Bobby Dylan, yeah, I've heard of you. There, let me see my guitar. Here, hear my guitar, and they're monkeying around. And nurse comes in and says, uh. Uh, Mr. Guthrie, you've got to give me your guitar. She takes guitar and leaves, and and uh, and Guthrie says, "Man, isn't that just like a woman?" And Dylan writes that down. <laughs> and, and then, uh, and then she comes in, and he says, "Uh, he says, uh, 
Okay, it's time for your medication. He said, they'll stone you when you're trying to beat the good. <laughs> it, was, it was a hilarious skit, oh, man. I'd love to see that. I, don't, I, don't remember, well, I wonder what era. Do you remember which actor? Or which yeah, uh, that would have been in the 80s. That was with like uh, Danny Garvey and those guys, man. Oh, Danny Garvey, yeah. 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 Uh, I've got all those things on video, but it's like it would take forever to go through and listen. To, I mean, watch all of them. Anyway, back to my list. That was not my number five, Rainy Day Women. Uh, yes, sir. My no- what in the world was that? That no- was, I was, I was watching a cat video. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> number uh, four and uh, is Duplicating Jim um, uh, is uh, Subterranean Homesick Blues uh, from Bringing It All Back Home, 1965. We already talked about the cue card video and how great it was, and and uh, Jim also said, "I just love that line too. You don't need a weatherman to see which way the wind blows, uh, to know which way the wind blows." Um, Subterranean homesick blues. My uh, next one. Um, when I was in college, uh, I had um, we had. A ton of albums on the second floor of Hammond Hall in our tiny little dorm room. Uh, a lot of Springsteen and uh, a lot of Bob Dylan. And uh, I, there were two albums that came out while I was in college. One of them was called Infidels and the other one was called uh, Empire Burlesque. And uh, so... Infidels burned into my brain, so I'm going to say Joker Man uh, is one of my favorite songs. Freedom just around the corner for you, but the truth is so far off, what good would it do? Joker Man danced to the Nightingale tune. Uh, Just uh, such a great song, and and that album, uh, Infidels, is just full of great stuff. Um, My number two is... A long song. <laughs> Coming from the uh, field of Southern rock, I know what long songs sound like. But this one's a very long song, but I never get tired of it. it clocks in at just under nine minutes. From the album Blood on the Tracks, Lily, Rosemary, and the Jack of Hearts. I love the entire album Blood on the Tracks. I love Simple Twist of Fate, Tangled Up in Blues, Shelter from the Storm, Buckets of Rain. It's my favorite Bob Dylan album. But Lily, Rosemary, and a Jack of Hearts is my favorite from that album. My number one, number one, is an even longer song. And uh, it is, there's so much I want to say about it. Uh, I just don't know what, how much I can say about it. It's 11 minutes long. Tell you what, you tell us the song and then let Pat cover the part about telling us about it. Well, okay, well, <laughs> it's it's a 11 minute song. It was written by one, of, uh, co-written by another one of my heroes, Sam Shepard. And it's called Brownsville Girl. It's on the album Knocked Out Loaded. And it's like a, a, a movie put to music basically great lines like 
How far are y'all going, Ruby asked with a sigh. We're going all the way till the wheels fall off and burn. I'm like, yeah. And 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 then there was a there was a there was another um there was another line in that song that was really great that said the only thing we knew for sure about Henry Porter was that his name wasn't Henry Porter. I really I really like that the same imagery comes up in all songs, all, gen- all genres. And I didn't know that line you were just talking about, about we're going to, what was it, we're going to ride. We're all the way to the wheels fall off and burn. Yeah, then she laid down and died, and I said, God rest her soul. Yeah, I mean, see? It's, a, it's, it's the same damn thing. Man. You know, that's a, that's a whole other story with Fire on the Mountain because... Well, maybe, maybe but I mean, it's... it's no, I mean, I mean well, George, like George said, everybody thinks that, you know, takes well, that, that... That's from... That's Searching for a Rainbow. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm wrong. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's Searching for a Rainbow. Yeah, well, I knew that, uh, that the uh, Searching for a Rainbow and Fire on the Mountain was Searching was written by Toy. Front of the Mountain was written by George, but they both neither one was what about what they no think no yeah, no you get no and you and you get that it's about stuff that was about. happening with the band anyway I, anyway I, that I, all that being said it's time to move on to the king Patrick Beach man I've been waiting for this no <laughs> man no I'm gonna disappoint you guys so bad because I am not a Dylanologist. Thunder Road wasn't written by Dylan. Yeah. <laughs> well, and y'all and y'all saw my graph yesterday, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. I uh, did you like you know, that I did it in Sharpie? Did you? Like yeah. It? No. Yeah, Billy. Thanks for that. I haven't stopped laughing about that. That was great. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not a Dylanologist, and I've 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 had a lifelong obsession with words. It's just like silly that. I, I haven't spent my entire adult life obsessing over Dylan and boring people at parties talking about Dylan, but I just haven't. However, uh, you know, his wordplay is especially great. So uh, because I'm not an expert, it's not like I spent a lot of time rooting around the very back recesses of the refrigerator, finding a weird beer or uh, a jar of blue cheese stuffed martini olives. These are... <laughs> These are kind of some top shelf, top shelf uh, choices. And and since uh, visions of Johanna fell out of Jim's pocket and he didn't notice, I'm going to pick it up and use it. Talk it's about a, a, so- a great song, man. Talk yeah. about a, a song without a chorus, a song that's seven and a half minutes long. That song to me is always like one long tracking shot in a movie. You can see everything he's talking about. He's a guy walking down the street alone in his thoughts. He sees the night watchman and he's obsessed with somebody who may or may not be his ex-wife. And the song may or may not be about her. That's like the first time I got hit to the idea of him inventing himself as the unreliable narrator, mm-hmm. the Joker, the trickster, J- Joker man, notwithstanding. I just love that song. And of course, what a great band they had on that album. Uh, great. That's a good I got, choice, man. You know, I, I I knew somebody was going to mention it, but I thought I had an interesting explanation. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. I also have to go with uh, the uh, the backing band on this is another band that I never completely got like I thought I should. 
the band. The song is called I Shall Be Released on the Basement Tapes. Wow, man. I, you know, it's funny. I completely overlooked that and wouldn't have thought of it for five bucks if you hadn't said it. But yeah, right. I mean, overtly, it's about someone who's in prison. But I always interpreted it spiritually. And, and a lot of the songs that I gravitated toward when I was thinking about this, not all that much, are the more spiritual biblical especially old testament apocalyptical songs but this this is this is one about redemption and uh i dimly recall back in the 80s maybe uh david crosby served not quite a year in federal prison on drugs and gun charges and he wrote the lyrics of i shall be released on the wall of his cell (laughs) (laughs) there was a picture of him in rolling stone when he was released he did his he did his prison time in texas yeah yeah and when he was released he's standing there by uh there's a there's a great big giant prison guard standing there in mirrored chase it's my second cousin bob phillips was the prison guard he's a he's an attorney now and then uh he was prison guarding while he was going to law school. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And I saw, and I was out West and, and got a, and got that copy with a picture of Crosby. And I called him up and I said, dude, I'm looking at Rolling Stone. He said, yep, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I thought about, uh, I thought about some of his more like overtly spiritual or, or overtly Christian songs, like serve somebody or, uh, you know, some of those ju- that just sound like they fell out of the Gnostic Bible or something like that. But I went back to the more apocalyptic things. And uh, the first one I thought of along those lines was possibly the first song written about the military industrial complex, Masters of War. Yeah, <clears throat> very good. You know, um, war profiteers and jeez, uh, that, 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 that song came out less than 10 years after Eisenhower coined the term military industrial complex and it's an angry song and you talk about a kiss off song he does personal kiss off songs well but when he's just disgusted with a segment of society it's even better you know his 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 bile doesn't diminish like a shotgun shell (laughs) it just stays concentrated and uh these last two are along those lines and also incredibly obvious Definitely not back of the refrigerator shelf, but the times they are a changing. Simply because that song did change the times in large part. That was an anthem that was embraced. It was like, get out of the way, people. Your time has passed. You know, if you don't step aside, you're going to get run over because we're going to take charge and we're going to make things better. Obviously, that didn't work out quite so well. Out. That's <laughs> what I was about to say. That didn't nice exactly sentiment. work out the way they had it drawn up. <laughs> nice sentiment. But... Right. Well, uh, it, it, keep going. Get to the end, Pat. I, I want to revisit something you said about one of your other picks. Go ahead. But, okay, but well, that, that, that's, an angry and, that's an angry and hopeful song. My last is not hopeful by any means. It's also apocalyptic. A hard rain's gonna fall. Ah, never mind. You got never mind. You did it right there. Yeah. I was I was gonna bring in that ap- apocalyptic thing and yeah. What a great song, huh? That was on, that was on that was on my long list as well as was yeah. Maggie's Farm, which is you know kind of right, uh, right. updated. Yeah. 
times. I thought you. I, I thought you were going to say, Billy. I thought you were going to say that the dinner I was going to make tomorrow was going to be apocalypse. That like it was going to be. <laughs> oh man! Actually, for all your faults, and God knows they're legion, but you're a good cook. <laughs> here, here's, you, here, here's here's your redeeming things. You're you're an excellent cook. You know a ton about music, and you like beer. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Well, the cool, the cool hard thing argue about with any of those. The cool thing, you're very flattering, and I thank you for that. My uh, my dog has the hiccups now. That's great. He's got three legs and hiccups. The cool thing about hard rain is it falls into this genre that was uh, uh, coined by this guy Ron Rosenbaum, a great great writer. It's like nuclear porn. It's like you can't wait for the end of the world. You're turned on by the idea that the world is about to end. Now, whether or not hard rain is necessarily literally about nuclear war or just the end of the war, uh, a lot of people are just like hoping, 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 hoping for that. I'm just saying, man, that's that's really, that's interesting. That's, I mean, that's never been the message I got out of that. Me and Jim were talking earlier about what a good, uh, what a good kiss off song he does. And I thought that that was a general kiss off song kind of to society. And it's like, we have all this stuff and I went out and looked and here's what I saw, which sort of contradicts the, your talking points and the point that you're trying to make, man. Well, like, uh, but, like, I, like I said, I'm not any kind of Dylan. Well, and, and my, the, be the beauty thing about this stuff, man, is that there is no correct way. It's, exactly. whatever, yeah. it's whatever speaks to you. And all of us here are songwriters, and we know that. I mean, yeah. uh, that, you know, it, it, when somebody asks me, hey, wh what's that song about? It's about whatever you want it to be about. Whatever in it speaks to you, that's what right. it's about. Exactly. And, and, but, and you know, <clears throat> Because once, once you know, as a songwriter, you might have something specific in your mind, but once you let it go, right? You know, I think we've, the right thing about is that, that before. It, right. exactly it it means what people want it to mean. And if right. what does that what does that song mean? You mean to me? You mean exactly. now? You mean when I wrote it? Yeah, you mean, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Well, uh, you know, hard rain. The one one of the great things about hard rain is you know we could do a whole another a whole another show about Dylan covers, but there is a bizarre but somehow completely compelling cover that by Brian Ferry. That okay. is just, it, it, it just is so incongruous. It's great. And uh, the other one that I couldn't, that I wanted to mention somehow, so I'm going to get it in there uh, is when I think of Dylan, one of the first things I think of is Levon Helm singing when I paint my masterpiece. Oh, because yeah. that is one what of the greatest great. vocal performances ever. It's so that, good. Right. Right. The, in, in that instance, man, the performance sells that a lot. Absolutely. Well, Jim's kind of reading ahead with uh, what I had in mind here at this point is what I want to call the lightning round uh, because there's so many Bob Dylan songs. I'm going to like call each one of your names and you tell me one more Dylan song that you think is really great. And I'll start with Hurricane about Reuben Hurricane Carter. And uh, another long song, but just really great lyrics. And uh, I love it. So uh, what's yours, Jim? Maggie's Farm. I ain't going to work on Maggie's Farm no more. Yeah. That's a good one. I ain't working with Maggie's brother no more. No more. Uh, Billy, uh, what's yours? 
I'll tell you what, man, I'm going to go with one of those more popular ones, but I still like it. It's a, the greatest Kiss Off song in the history of Kiss Off songs, positively Fourth Street. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was, that was on my, you missed that part, but I, that was on my list. Oh, I mean, good God. That is just, that is just the most brutal. I mean, just, yeah. I mean, that, it's weird because for a good song, the cinnamon in that is just ugly. <laughs> Uh, right, uh, Pat, Patrick. I'm, I'm thinking about John Wesley, but uh, John Wesley Hardy. Yeah, yeah. I gotta go. I gotta go with that first 17 minute single he put out a couple of months ago, <laughs> which is which is basically like more than a half century of mostly American history. Yeah, uh, yeah. In inside of twenty minutes, it's got two chords, no changes, no nothing. But the first time I heard that, I was utterly transfixed, and I've only listened to it like three or four times because yeah, who has that kind of attention span anymore? Uh, yeah. on our <laughs> true, phones. True. But what really struck me the first time I heard it was this is just like this book. Uh, this novel, Underworld, by Don DeLillo, that came out about 20 yep. years ago. It's the entire sweep of more than a half century of American history from the late 50s until almost the present day. And he throws in everything, including the kitchen sink and the hallway bathroom sink and the master bathroom sink. It's just, it's overstuffed in such a great way. Yeah. So, all uh. I'll go with the new Bob Dylan. <laughs> hey, man, and, uh, we don't have to be done talking about Dylan unless we're done talking about that. But before we leave, I, I want to ask my uh, – I didn't get to ask my uh, high-fidelity questions because, because I had to go talk to Griffey. But I had a good one, and I want to ask him before we before we sign off. So. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to ask – I'm gonna ask a question, and I want I want everybody to answer, give me their top answer. What is the best bar time, best bar time food when you just finish your gig and you're three quarters in the bag, man? Uh, go ahead, Jim. Cheeseburger from Pete, double cheeseburger from P. Terry's in Austin. Ah, that's a good one, man. That's my car- that's my carousel lounge after meal since it's right, right because it's all right because it's on the way to your house. That's right. <laughs> okay, uh, Buffalo. Uh, grilled cheese sandwich at Simple Simon, uh, Spartanburg, South Carolina. Uh, after every gig, we would go two or three o'clock in the morning and go in there get a grilled cheese, and uh, it was always really good. So, yeah. Okay, Beach. All right, it's bar time. Yeah. Yeah, you just finished your gig, bar's closed, you're three quarters in the bag, and have to eat something before you go home. Exactly. My son would my son would say Whataburger. Well, I, that's a good choice, and I've done that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I would <Go> say <laughs> I would say Ropolo's Pizza downtown. Oh uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. good one. I, and uh, this is from some years ago, but it was when I was playing lots and lots. Of, I was playing four or five nights a week locally. Uh, uh, Magnolia Cafe was open. Uh, I'm sorry, Kirby Lane. They were open 24 hours. And uh, they had a thing in there that for like four bucks, it was called a plowman's chair, and it was this giant baked potato. 
They had like bacon and sour cream. Jokes like hell, and, and uh, yeah, and that was mine. Uh, oh yeah, man, that, Jim, I, we should we should have mentioned Country Kitchen. Everybody's favorite. Everybody's <laughs> favorite. At you know, uh, you know, yeah. I gotta, I gotta well, go. Was, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I gotta go back. I I said the wrong thing. Uh, simple Simon. I said grilled cheese. I don't know why I said that. Patty melt. It was the patty uh, melt. Oh, right, yeah, right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. The patty melt was melt. just to die when for. I'm, when I'm in the Midwest, man, my go-to is is Perkins. And I, I know Jim and, and, and Patrick know Perkins. It's many, many it, nights at Perkins. It, it, and for those of y'all that have never been in the Midwest, uh, Perkins is to the Midwest what Waffle House is to the Southeast. <laughs> Oh, well, oh, when okay. I'm in the southeast, yeah. it's it's Waffle House. We man. know Waffle House here. Yes, yes, y'all do. Yeah, oh, every I street. A, I think it's a I think it's a state law in South Carolina that yeah, every 900 feet there has to be a Waffle House. <laughs> yeah, there has to be a Waffle House, a Waffle House, and a McDonald's and a uh, CVS drugstore. Right, um, and you have to have a Bible in your glove box. Exactly. <laughs> You really and a and a and a hand and a head gun, yeah. The head gun on top of the Bible, yes, exactly, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, that's right. Okay, all right. Well, that's uh, man. Wow, we we're talking to bunch today. That's gonna wrap it up. I want to um, say that next week we're gonna talk about great music related books. For all you literary nuts out there, uh, like me, I'm a literary, or just a plain nut, but uh, it should yeah. be fun. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sometimes you feel like a nut, and sometimes you do. Uh, thank you, uh, Billy, Pat, Jim, and the whole Hee Haw gang. Appreciate Thanks, it. And uh, we're going to go out with, uh, <laughs> as if this show wasn't long enough already. I'm going to play my favorite Dylan song, uh, Brownsville Girl, on the way out. And uh, so, uh, you know, by the time they get through with this program, you know, it may be evening where you live, but that's okay. Thanks again, everybody. And uh, (coughs) somebody say bye. 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 We'll talk to you all next week. All right. Let me see here. Uh, As soon as I hit the button. There was this movie I seen one time About a man riding across the desert And it starred Gregory Peck He was shot down by a hungry kid Trying to make a name for himself The townspeople wanted to press that kid down And string him up by the neck Well the marshal, now he beat that kid to a bloody pulp As the dying gun fighter lay on the sun and gasped for his last breath Turn him loose, let him go, let him say he outdrew me, fair and square I want him to feel what it's like to every moment face his death Well, I keep seeing this stuff and it just comes a rolling in And you know it blows right through me like a ball in chain 
so far apart The memory of you keeps calling out to me like a rolling train I can still see the day you came to me on a painted desert Never figure out why you chose that particular place to meet. Oh, but you were right, it was perfect as I got in behind the wheel. Well, we drove that car all night until we got into San Antonio. And we slept near the Alamo. Your skin was so tender and soft. Way down in Mexico, you went out to find. Never came back. I would have gone on after you, but I didn't feel like letting my head get blown off. Well, we're driving this car, and the sun is coming up over the Rockies. Now I know she ain't you, but she's here, and she's got that dark rhythm in her soul. But I'm too over the edge, and ain't in the mood anymore to remember the times when I was your only man. She don't wanna remind me. She knows this car would go out of control.
to somebody with a pompadour. I was crossing the street when shots rang out. I didn't know whether the duck would have run, so I ran. We got him cornered in the churchyard. I heard somebody shout. Well, you saw my picture in the Corpus Christi Tribune. Underneath it, it said a man with no alibi. You went out on a limb to testify for me. You said I was with you. Then when I saw you break down in front of the judge and cry real tears, it was the best that thing I saw anybody do. I've always been the kind of person that doesn't like to trespass, but sometimes you just find yourself over the line. Oh, if there's an original thought out there, I could use it right now. You know, I feel pretty good, but that ain't saying much. I could feel a whole lot better. If you were just here by my side to show me how. Well, I'm standing in line in the rain to see a movie star with Gregory Peck. Yeah, but you know it's not the one that I had in mind. He's got a new one out now. I don't even know what it's about, but I see him in anything, so I'll stand in line.
from the album Knocked Out Loaded, the one and only Bob Dylan and Brownsville Girl. Man, I love that. I mean, it's a long song. Uh, it's longer than Freebird. <laughs> but isn't it great? It's like a, it's like a, a play or a movie uh, and a song all wrapped into one, co-written with the great Sam Shepard, another one of my heroes. And uh really love that, man. And yeah. Thanks again, folks, for listening today to the Kudzu Radio Hour. I want to thank our sponsors, Springer Mountain Farms Chicken. Springer Mountain Farms Chicken. You can find them at SpringerMountain.com, SpringerMTN.com. Remember that Springer Mountain Farms Chicken is healthier for you. It's raised on family farms with no antibiotics or any of that stuff. So you want to get Springer Mountain Farms chicken at your local market, or you can order it online at springermountain.com. Also brought to you by the Box Masters, the Box Masters and their brand new album, Light Rays, and it is a kicking. It's a great rock and roll record. Bud and J.D. and the boys are just smoking it up. Uh, so I think it's the best album they've done. And they've done, what, 10, I believe, that have been released. And they've done several that haven't been released. Uh, very prolific songwriters and recording artists. And uh, But Light Ray's best album yet. It is. And they're all good. So that's saying a lot. So check them out at theboxmasters.com and also be sure to follow them on Instagram at theboxmastersofficial.com. Uh, JD does a great job of posting uh, archival pictures and stuff, you know, every day. So uh, follow them on social media, whatever you do. Uh, the Box Masters. Also brought to you by Fogat Sellers. That's right. Fog Hat Cellars, you've been uh, in, hearing me talk about Fog Hat Wine for years now, and it's still my favorite. Get the Pinot, yeah, I love the Pinot, I love the Chardonnay, and you will too. The same band that you've trusted for, what, 40 or 50 years <laughs> to bring you the greatest in blues and boogie. Uh, now bring you the best in red or white wine. How about that? It's so good. Man, yes. Order online and have it brought to your doorstep. Foghatsellers.com or you can order at uh, the band website at foghat.com. So that's going to wrap it up for today. And we thank you again for tuning in. And uh, be sure to join us again next week same bat time same bat channel